1: It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. You know how I always point to you when I say I know. Yeah. I'm trying. Nobody's you. Well, new research says that actually carrying debt is dangerous to your health. How about that? I'm going to give you the data. And I also want to share tips with you How you can ditch your debt so your wallet and your well-being are improved. And later, who wants to move? Moving is no fun, but overpaying for that move or getting ripped off on it, that's worse. So there are lots of things you can do that will cut the cost. So there was a study done at the University of Missouri that found a direct relationship between People who have trouble handling their money, have trouble with debts, and what ultimately happens to their health, and it doesn't happen all at once. The Missouri study looked at uh, people through their age cycles and found that there were severe consequences for people who have trouble handling their money when they're younger that by the time they hit age 50 they're in some serious health trouble, serious health risk. I mean, continuous stress, right? And, you know, that's something you've always talked about, Krista, about how stress in your life is bad for your health. And I never really heard you on that. But over and over again, there are studies that validate that you knew what you were talking about all along. And financial stress is really ugly. I, You know, I've always talked about, about the present effect on you, the anxiety you feel when you owe money and you don't want to look at your email or you don't want to go to your mailbox and the feeling you have worried about the bills. But what I've never really thought about and never talked about is the long-term health impact when money is overwhelming you. Now, there are different situations. There are people who flat out just don't have enough income coming in to deal with the basics. And that's a different conversation. I'm talking about where people of various income levels end up overextended. The stunner always for people who do behavioral economics research Is that there are a huge number of people who make more than $100,000 a year who are way overextended financially, that the wants exceed even that kind of income. And so it requires a real thought process to avoid the stress. And what's really key, and it's got to start there, is the money you set aside first before you live your monthly life. It's one of those things that people may have intentions of getting around to putting money aside to build a cushion, but they just can't get to it. And the truth is for car dealers, what I'm about to say is not going to make you very happy because The one area that most people get into the most difficulty financially from is the obligations for what they pay for a vehicle. Our love of vehicles, used to call them cars or automobiles, but now since most of them are pickup trucks or SUVs or crossovers, I call them vehicles. Anyway, our love for vehicles in America is so intense that people tire out of a car before it's tire. Oh, I went back to the word car. (laughs) You know what I mean. Anyway, that we do that, that we just are drawn to getting rid of what we've got that's working fine to get something else. And we become what they call in the trade a payment buyer. They were like, oh yeah, I could pay X number of dollars per month.
0: Yeah, that's what all the commercials show you. Only
1: this much per month. Right. And think of it this way, if you kept driving what you had that's paid for, that amount goes to zero. You might have more maintenance costs and repair costs over time, but that's nothing compared to what a monthly payment is. And when you look at the economics about what a monthly payment is on a vehicle, it's bad ugly in your wallet and costs more to insure a new vehicle, you got all the payments involved with it. Um, and there's a lot of risk involved with that new vehicle because almost always you will be upside down in whatever financing you took out for that new vehicle. So if you're looking where you can really have impact in your life, it's really nice if you cut out your Starbucks habit because you add up what that costs over a year, you think about that could be a found $1,500 in your life. Get rid of bottled water. That could be a found $1,500 in your life. And that's great to come up with that money. But do you know what you're talking about when you cycle through cars too rapidly? Is you're talking about somewhere between ten and $20,000 that could be back in your life. or
0: more. That's that is crazy. serious,
1: serious money per year. Back in your life if you hold on to what you have so I want you to be healthy and then speaking of that do you know somebody who drives a vehicle on average 10 years or longer if you buy a new one keep it 10 years or longer or you buy a used vehicle and keep it four years or longer that that individual will have five years they're not commuting to work versus what they would be doing If they kept cycling through the new vehicles, five years that you choose later in your life that you want to work or you don't. I had a gentleman stop me the other day uh, complaining about the cost of new pickup trucks, and he was just shocked because he really wanted a new pickup truck, and he'd been out looking at them. He was really excited about them, and I was making terrible value judgments because he gave me the opening when he said, I can't believe how much they cost. And I said, well, the truck you have looks great. And he kind (laughs) of stopped because he had so gotten in his mind that he needed a new truck. Mm -hmm. And right at that moment, it was that thing. It was like, oh, I want a new truck. I don't need a new truck. And that's the conversation I want you to have with yourself. And besides, the dealers can't be too mad at me right now because they don't have anything on their lots to sell anyway, meaning whatever you get is going to be really inflated in price. So look how I I took the fact that if then that if you spend yourself into oblivion, you mess up your health and took just that one example of that transportation and how that alone maybe could bring good health, and good physical health, physical and physical, yes. into your life. I love it. Well,
0: Stephanie in Florida has done something really right because she says, we paid off our mortgage today and would like to know what paperwork and documents we need to keep. I've heard of people getting their paid off homes stolen from them, and I want to make sure we have everything proving our properties is ours.
1: Yeah, so Stephanie, first, the uh, title fraud you're talking about, where people go after those with great equity or who own their homes free and clear and steal the home from them, it is a tragic event but very rare. You live in Florida and many counties in the state of Florida have a registry service or say they're setting one up where you'll be notified anytime there's any action on your title. So you should be able to stop Any funny business from going on if your county has done this, and every uh, county in the country should go to an email notification system registry for real estate, and that would shut down this title fraud right away. Um, You should be really, really thrilled that you own your home free and clear. And as long as you have the documentation and the home has been, the mortgage has been registered as satisfied in the state of Florida, you keep that record, you keep those records and you're good to go. And I was talking about not having to pay a car payment. How about not having to pay a mortgage? Congratulations.
0: Uh, This is from Annette in Alabama. For years, you've always talked about how great it will be to have a cashless society. Even though my pushback to you was the same concerns you are sharing now, fear of foreign enemy hackers taking the system down. You cannot have it both ways. You either believe in a cashless society or not. You are always trashing pennies, but I bet you have a safe full of them
1: as well. So, Annette, I hopefully have no pennies at all. I'm so philosophically opposed to the penny as an inefficiency of government to spend more money making a penny and what it's worth, and then people just hoard pennies because they figure, why take one? It's not useful anywhere. But yes, I have I have made a mental change, and you've heard me speak about it, that the dangers presented by these foreign adversaries that want to harm us, the Chinese, the North Koreans, the Russians, the Iranians, who knows who, fill in the blank that are becoming more and more sophisticated at trying to hurt our industrial production in the United States and our financial system in the United States. And so having a reserve of cash is a good idea, especially for people who now have become completely electronically dependent on methods of payment. I was in a um, restaurant the other day that the Apple Pay and Google Pay was down. And I watched somebody not be able to get their lunch because they had no other way to pay than from their phone. I mean, you talk about going all electronic. And all that was, there was no nefarious thing going on. The system just wasn't working and they couldn't pay. So having an amount of cash is absolutely a good idea in my life, $400 reserve of cash. Um, I figure that's enough to cover till whatever uh, the Russians or Chinese or whoever have done in us to be able to fix it. I hope I'm right about that because it would be real chaos if it takes too long. But being 100% electronic dependent or plastic dependent or anything like that is risky in a world where this is a new form of warfare.
0: Someone a couple of weeks ago in Clark Stinks, he said you should have, what was it, 400 and do you remember the number? It's an odd number so that you have 1s and 5s and yeah, 20s. Yeah, it's
1: $471, okay. I think.
0: Is that what it is? Okay. This yeah, because
1: is because you don't want just 20s. The thinking was completely correct that in the event that everything's messed up, you want to be able to give as close to exact change as you can in situations and having... All 20s, never have 50s or 100s, by the way. 20s or 50s, 20s alone is not good enough. You want to have 10s, 5s, 1s also.
0: This is from Walt in Oregon. I've been using Google Five for several years. A while back, they added a VPN at no additional cost. It works seamlessly in the background and gives an increased level of security. Although VPN subscriptions can be purchased separately and many are free, It's surprising that other cell phone services don't include VPN. Any thoughts, Clark? Most of us are unlikely to install a separate VPN for a variety of reasons and thus are missing out on this important security measure.
1: Yeah, isn't it interesting of all people, Google that owns cell phone Google Fi, the service, is the one that provides the free VPN. And by the way, with free VPNs, be careful because uh, many of them have turned out not to be exactly on the level you're best off going and reading in the tech trade things like PC Mag or CNET or whatever. Read their reviews of VPNs. It's a very valuable resource to be able to communicate in a way that you can trust is private, and that's something that yeah, it's a great idea that a cell phone cell phone companies, particularly the big three right now, are having a lot of trouble standing apart one from another. That's why they spend a zillion dollars on ads. And offering people the advantage of a VPN as part of their monthly service sounds like a great idea to me. I moved just a few months ago. Moving is a nightmare. The worst. (laughs) The worst. But it can be a worse nightmare if you blow a lot of money or worse, get completely ripped off. I got some tips for you so that you save no matter where you're going or how you're getting there. Moving, not exactly the most fun, but if you get ripped off or pay way too much money, that's really bad. I talk a lot in the summer about how when you hire a professional mover, what you should do hiring one to not get taken. And I'm going to address that in short form a little bit in just a couple of minutes, but I want to talk about What many people do is when they move themselves. And there are things you can do that can save you a substantial amount of money you may not think about. Rule number one, when you go to rent a truck from U-Haul or someone like that, don't buy all the boxes and bubble wrap from them unless you really, really want to throw money down a drain. There are lots of places, I mean, Walmarts now have Typically, a section where they sell moving boxes and the bubble wrap and the tape and all that. And the warehouse clubs sell a variety of things for moving supplies, and they're much cheaper than buying them from a mover or from one of the rental truck places. Can
0: I say, I also often see if you look the month before you move, Uh, People give them away for free right after they've moved on Nextdoor or Facebook uh, Marketplace, like local groups. I see them on Nextdoor all the time. They're like, I've got all
1: these moving boxes. Who wants them? That is a fantastic suggestion. That's even better than the prices (laughs) I was talking about. It's free. Free. I love that. (laughs) Um, Something else is if you have flexibility about the date of your move, I don't know if you know this, but the... Uh, the rental truck business now uses completely dynamic demand pricing. And so depending on what day of the week, even the size of the truck, this is a weird one if your automobile insurance allows it, you may be able to rent a larger truck for less than a smaller truck based on what demand is because it's all dynamic demand for that day that you're moving. But the more flexible you are, about the day you're moving makes a massive difference obviously if the first of the month or the last of the month falls on a weekend that is by far the most expensive time possible to move weekends automatically but you throw in being the last day of the month or the first day of the month falls right on the weekend oh my goodness your wallet took a bad trip it's really bad. Um. Also, your own automobile insurance may or may not cover you for renting a rental truck. And it depends with many auto insurers on the length of the truck. Like uh, many of them will allow you to rent a 15-foot truck, but will not allow anything larger than that. If that's the case with your own insurer, you need to buy coverage from the rental truck company. Because you don't want to be exposed uncovered. And I didn't know is not an answer later. Another thing is if you're moving from one city to another, there are crazy differences with dynamic demand pricing. And there are certain areas of the country that more people are moving out of than moving into. And if you are going from a place where people are moving heavily to, you may be able to get a rental truck that you could drive all the way across the country for almost free because the rental truck companies need them elsewhere. And they essentially are paying you to be their driver to get it somewhere where they can charge somebody a fortune who's coming from a place people are moving from to other places they're moving to. So this is something a lot of people don't even know is a great way to save money there are situations where you may find it's cheaper to round trip in a truck rather than one way where you uh if you are a hardy person and you can do the drive in a relatively small number of days you take the truck with the stuff you're moving to where you're going you dump the stuff take the truck back you pay more for fuel But you may find that saves you money. On the using a professional mover thing, the internet, if you do a Google search, is a direct path to you being scammed by organized crime. Not Google's fault. But it is a terrible, terrible problem with any search engine when you're looking for a mover. There are these really, really shady, usually mob fronts that are brokers or crooked movers. They will be very friendly, sound very knowledgeable. They will offer you a great price on your move. And then what happens is when they show up, they very carefully load up your possessions because your possessions are then going into a hostage drama. This is a horrible problem that's been going on now for 20 plus years, and law enforcement has never been effective at doing anything about it. So what they do is the, the organized criminals, they can either be a gang or they are traditional mobsters, they kidnap your possessions, hide them, and then will ransom them back to you. Unbelievable, Right. So you have to be very, very careful and go only to respected industry sources to hire a professional mover. There is a website that I want you to know about that is the key to hiring a legitimate mover. And it is the website moving.org. And there you will only... Be able to get quotes from legitimate movers. Doesn't mean they'll do a good job with your move. They could do a terrible job with your move. Doesn't mean they'll necessarily give you a good price. But they will be the real deal. And do not ever, ever pick a mover from a Google search. Unless you don't like any of the things you have and you'd like to start over with all new stuff. Last thing I want to tell you about moving is insurance. If you hire a professional mover, federal regulations only require coverage from the mover for your possessions that has never been inflation-adjusted since 1936, I think is the year. Obviously, things cost more now. So the moving industry has been able to successfully lobby Congress To essentially make moves totally at the risk of the customer instead of the moving company, unless you either buy insurance from your homeowner's insurance company or you buy it from the moving company itself. Take a deductible, maybe $250, $500, whatever, on your possessions, but you want replacement value coverage that pays. To buy you a new something, instead of being in a thing where they try to pay you three cents on the dollar, saying, "Oh, that's old. We're only going to like give an, you... on
0: an antique." We've heard so, so, so many scenarios like that over the years, over and
1: over again. Um, if you are if you're moving an expensive antique, use a specialty mover, just as you would for a painting. If you were moving an expensive painting, you'd use a specialty mover who does that kind of thing. So think about it. We've gone all the way. From renting your own truck, packing up your own stuff, to people who have expensive antiques (laughs) and expensive paintings. Yeah.
0: I mean, at this industry, I can't believe that we're still talking about the mob and all that
1: stuff all these years later. So, you know, that was in my first book that came out in 1993. I've written 10. And it was in my very first one about people being ripped off by movers. We're all
0: excited for your new book that you're writing, too. It's going to be awesome. Really? Okay, Larry in Michigan says, I recently found out that my insurance company has the right to read or skim my emails. What? Why do they need to do this? Feels like a Clark outrage.
1: It is a Clark rageous <laughs> moment. Larry, we gotta find out more from you who the insurer is, the language, because that is a fantastic thing for me to do on television and draw attention and shame to an insurer that would do that. So do you mind getting back with him? Wow. (laughs) There is no legitimate reason that an insurer should be reading your stuff on your computer, period.
0: Bob in Washington says, we have a $45,000 inheritance we would like to set aside for our seven-year-old's future college expenses. We've had this sitting in a savings account for a few years, but now realize it's a poor long-term plan. Our state offers a guaranteed tuition program and our 45K would be guaranteed to cover in-state tuition for four years when he graduates. Washington also offers a traditional 529 plan. It seems to me that the guaranteed tuition program eliminates the worry and stress of a fluctuating stock market. What am I missing? Is there a catch?
1: So, all right, so there's two catches. And you want to know, does the state of Washington stand behind the plan? Back during the banking scandals that led to the financial crisis from 7 to 12, there were a handful of states that had uh, state prepaid tuition plans that when the guarantee plans went insolvent, the states did not step forward to guarantee people's money. And I don't know that that's an issue today, but you just want to know from the Washington State prepaid tuition plan Does it have the full faith and backing from the state of Washington? Or how do they ensure that your money is safe, that you put in to prepay tuition? The second thing is you have to convince your child that the only school to go to is one that's part of the University of Washington system. And don't start brainwashing them that they're going to University of Washington or Washington State or whatever just that they need to go to a state school in the state of Washington because that's what you've paid for. And I think certainly today's kids going to college so appreciate that they won't have to have any student loans that they're like, okay, I'll be happy to go to university of whatever. And just as long as you're really confident your child will do that and stay in state. It's great to do the prepaid because you know you're done.
0: This is from Nicholas in Wisconsin. How do I get a cell phone unlocked from a carrier? I bought a phone outright and I want to switch carriers. My carrier is refusing because we updated the phone and it has been on their network less than 12 months.
1: (sighs) Nicholas. Okay. So cell phone carriers used to do a thing where once you were locked to their system, they would never unlock you forever the rest of your life, they would not unlock the phone. So that led to new federal rules that the FCC published several years ago that give a distinction that is confusing, but if your cell phone carrier is a prepaid carrier, they are allowed to keep your phone locked. Not all do, but they're allowed to keep it locked for a year, even if you own it outright, if you bought it from them, they are allowed to prevent you from having it unlocked in that 12-month period. It is outrageous. The reason it was done was when you buy a prepaid phone from a prepaid carrier, you're not obligated to keep service with them. So a lot of people, and they tend to subsidize the cost of those phones you buy. So what there was a, a meaningfully large business with people that were buying phones from the prepaid carriers, unlocking them, and then reselling them, typically outside the United States. And so it was a big cost for the uh, prepaid cell phone carriers. So the compromise the government came up with is this 12-month period, even if you paid for the phone outright, Nicholas. With AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile with their what are called postpaid services, where you billed after the month that has occurred for your service. Each carrier is allowed to have its own policies on it, but they can never extend longer than when you have paid off the phone. And once you paid off the phone, they have to unlock it. If you let's say you are on a payment plan, once you finish paying that off, they have to unlock your phone. So I'm assuming in your case, Nicholas, that your phone was from a prepaid carrier, but if you want to see if whoever you're with is violating the rules, it's not the easiest reading in the world, but you can read the FCC rules and they have a section that deals with when you can force your carrier to unlock your phone and maybe you'll find that your carrier is violating those rules. And I wanted to ask you, did you know we have a daily newsletter about your money? You know what the cost of it is? Zero money. It's free. So you can subscribe anytime at Clark.com slash newsletter.